Welcome back to the podcast. This week's guests are Aidan and Zach of Starsign. Starsign are a teenage fan club tribute band from Perth, Australia. We spoke about how the band formed and what connections they've got from Scotland, why they wanted to front a teenage fan club tribute band and we spoke about all this plus uh, their early life growing up right up until current day. At the end we both guests picked their four heroes to come for dinner. Hope you all enjoy the podcast, I'll be back soon with another episode. Thank you very much for coming on the, the podcast. Today I've got Australian band Starsign. I've got two of the members, Zach and Aidan. Starsign are a band from Perth, Australia, and they're a teenage fan club tribute band. Uh, so what I do at the start of these podcasts is I just I get you to tell me about your early life growing up mm-hmm. and how you came to meet each other and stuff like that and fire away. All right, Zach, you, you go first. And how about you go first in general? Otherwise, we'll be talking over each other, man. Magic. Okay, well, why don't you kick it off, Aiden? And then I'll... <laughs> all right, all right. I'll I spoke first. I own it. Yeah. All right, all right. Um, well, uh, I was born in Melbourne. Uh, and my folks were from Adelaide. So Melbourne and Adelaide, different capital cities of Australia. Melbourne's much bigger. I kind of grew up on in the outer suburbs of Melbourne for uh, till I was about eight. And then my folks moved back to Adelaide. So I did the rest of my growing up in uh, in Adelaide. And it's a small town. Like, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's a bit of a joke that it's like a, a big uh, a big country town and that's kind of how it feels a bit it's it's a pretty place but it's an isolated place and um it, it has quite a lot of um quite a good music and rock culture and uh like i, I was very fortunate like i i did um a lot of music through school at a um at a uh like a state school that was really good for music and um it was a bloody good thing I did that because, like, my, my kids were so my my, uh, my parents enrolled me in like a Catholic school early on. I was just always in fights because, like, I, I wanted to play the drums. I didn't want to play football or or, or or basketball or whatever. And um and yeah, just one day I said to my mum and dad, I oh, you know, like, I think I'd like to go to this other school in Adelaide, and because uh, I'd started playing the drums, and that was it for me from there. Like, I just concentrated on music for you know for the rest of my time in in uh you know from whatever that was like I guess I was 12 or 13 or something and and uh yeah growing up in Adelaide like playing in pubs and playing with different bands and just seeing horizons widen up a little bit but Adelaide's a, like um you'd be aware of what was going on uh, we had some like uh, some tours that came to Adelaide, like some bigger ones, like Helmet and the Beastie Boys and stuff like that came through. And this is all in the nineties, like um, kind of mid nineties, ninety five, ninety ninety five, ninety six through to about two thousand. But a lot of other bands that you'd be into, they just wouldn't come to Adelaide. You'd be like, yeah. oh man, like you're playing in Melbourne, playing Sydney, the, 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 the Australian tour 
is uh, Brisbane, Sydney, and Melbourne. Yeah, and Perth sometimes. It'd be like, yeah, we'll do the Australian tour. And you'd see it in the street press and you'd be like, ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. Like, if I lived in Perth, which is so far away, like, I'd get to see these bands. <laughs> um, and I mean, like, I don't know, it's a, it's a potted history, right? There's a lot more you could go into, but it's hard to know what's, you know, what's relevant. But just finding the drums, playing the drums, learning the drums, like I studied them pretty hard and like went to uni for a bit playing percussion. And it's like, it just totally defined my early life. You know, it's the best, best thing I could have ever done. But now I play guitar and stuff. So. Yeah. <laughs> So what, what did you do? Um, what, why is, well, was your job kind of musical or did you do something else? Yeah, so I, I guess like when um, I just did random stuff like most musos do to start with, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, as a kid, just doing whatever retail I could do and all that kind of thing. And then um, like I did a year of uni and had this kind of crisis where I was like, man, I don't like any of the music I'm playing. Like, like I, I auditioned for the conservatorium and got in playing percussion and doing, you know, I loved playing in orchestras and shit like that, that I did in school. And it was great. But like what I wound up doing at uni in Adelaide was kind of solo percussion, vibraphone and xylophone and really technically difficult stuff. And I enjoyed the challenge. But I'd stop and listen to the music and be like, I don't think I'd invite any of my friends to come and listen to this, you know? Uh, but because it's like, for me, it was kind of like an exercise in tricky shit rather than something that really connected to me. And I just kind of thought, well, how many of these artists who are amazing percussion artists and the skill set is incredible, but how many of them have I been motivated to go and buy the album, you know, uh-huh. as like none? You know, none. And I was like, this just isn't for me. And so I, I went and saw my lecturer and he was pissed. He was like, no, nah. no. He's like, what are you going to do? Go play in your rock band? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, maybe. But after that, I trained in sound and like did like a, uh, did some study there and, and then started to do live sound a lot. And so kind of got by mixing in venues and um, and doing a bit of recording and that kind of thing. And that got me by for a while. Also got me into shitloads of debt. Oh, man. Like, oh, I, <laughs> I almost went bankrupt in, in my early 20s and it was shit. It, it was so, so shit. And, uh, and then, then uh, it was, yeah, really, truly fucked. And, 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 um, and yeah, I, I dug myself out by blagging my way into a job installing televisions, right? As you do as a musician, like, what am I doing, right? It's not a career, right? <laughs> but, you know, I worked six and seven days a week to get my shit together. And about two years after that, I was done. And that's that's my, what am I, like 26, something like that at that point. And I'm like, yeah, fuck this, I'm out of here. And I actually, this is jumping a bit, but at that point, my wife and I, we moved to Glasgow and that was, uh, and, uh, and, and we stayed there and it was wicked. And Glasgow? Yeah, man. We'll come back to so that. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, come back, we'll come back to that. But yeah, so work-wise for me, lots of bits and pieces. I haven't really had a proper career, so to speak, until far more recently. And that came out of the blue too. You know, like it's, um, yeah, we can cover that off later. <laughs>
Yeah. Does that, that sum up that sum yeah, up that, things that's enough brilliant. So what about yourself, Zach? What was life like for for you as a young boy? Um, okay, well, I grew up in Singapore and um, my family, we moved to the UK in 1980. I'm mm-hmm. showing my age now, but uh, I, was, I was 10. Or was I, yeah, 10, 11. And when I got there, I remember Ashes to Ashes was number one. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just thought, you know, wow, I'm, I'm in the play. I was a big David Bowie fan growing up. You know, my brother, he turned me on to some great music. And so getting there and I, I heard Bowie on the radio and I was like, wow, England's great. Um, yeah, so I was in school there and then I moved up to North Wales, like sort of on the border, you know, Shropshire. Uh-huh. It's a tiny little town on the border. I moved up there to do my A-levels and then I heard Jesus and Mary Chain. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And that was that was it. I mean, the whole Scottish music thing's been really prevalent in my life since I was a kid. You know, I loved Orange Juice. That was the first Scottish band that I loved. Uh-huh. And that was my brother again, you know, he loved. I think he saw the last Orange Juice gig with at the minor strike benefit at really? everything but well. I was too young, he wouldn't take me the fucker. <laughs> so I was at home, he'd come home and uh, he loved Edwin Collins and the clothes and that. And I was like in awe of my brother. I was, I was like, oh man, whatever he's into, I'm going to be into. He liked Iggy, Bowie. Oh, yeah, Bowie. he liked some good shit, right? So he turned me on to Orange Juice. And then like 1985 or 86, so I was doing my A-levels. And then I heard Psycho Candy. And then I just thought, fuck it, I'm going to form a band, you know. I've always dabbled in music, never thought I could ever write a song. And then I heard Never Understand, and it's like it's three chords in there, like with a fuzz box, you know. So I bought a fuzz box, and I formed the band, and this is the whole C86 thing started to happen. So a lot of bands were putting up flexi discs, and they'd get played on John Peel, you know. I mean, every day I'd listen, every three times a week, Peely would be on, and that was like massive for me. And, I'd yeah. take this session. So I was hearing all these bands getting on uh, getting on the show and getting peel sessions with a flexi disc. And I thought, I, I, I want to do that, you know. And uh, so I formed a band called The Kildares. And we, we played, yeah, we did the whole C86 things. You know, I, I wrote a fanzine, had a massive bowl cut, winkle picker. <laughs> and that's when I, you know, that's when I got into like boy hairdressers. That's when I first heard uh, Norman and Raymond. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like the shop persistence and all the cool music that I loved seemed to be coming out of Scotland. So my plan was to go up there and, and try and get in a university there. But because of the band, you know, I fucked all my exams up. And I ended up <laughs> taking a year off in London, trying <laughs> to be a rock star. And then I formed another band there and... Uh, yeah, we played all the dives in London. And then I saw Teenage Fan Club one day out of the blue. I think, yeah, somebody played me Everything Floats. It was a, I heard that track and I was yeah. like, that's good. That's new, you know, sort of raw. And then they were playing down the road at the venue in New Cross. So that's a bus ride away. Uh-huh. I think tickets were like eight quid or five or something, really cheap. So I go there and it's instant love, you know. 
loved the fan club from that point on. But yeah, the whole time I've always been in bands. I'm 52 years old now and I'm still playing in a band, you know. Mm -hmm. I moved back to Asia when I was 28. The whole London thing really sort of uh, had loads of bands that almost made it, but never quite did. You know, we had managers, but never got signed to any massive label or, or even a tiny label. So, yeah, I think when I, I hit a wall at about 28 and I thought, fuck music, you know, I'm going to be a normal person. And I, no, you can't <laughs> be that. And uh, by that time, uh, I fluked a job. I'd come back to Asia to see my parents and sort of reconnect and beg my mum to let me some money to pay off my mountain of debts from my rock and roll dream. You know, I owed left, right and centre and I, I didn't have a place to live. My brother was like, you know, bro, you got to really sort it out, man. I'm living on his couch, you know, mine. that sort of shit. And I'm like, I'm nearly 30, man. I'm fucked if I don't come up with plan B. So somehow I'm, I got a job in a newspaper writing about music. You know, right. and, uh, yeah, and that lasted 14 years. I ended up you know, doing quite well at the job. And I interviewed loads of great people like um, Ralph Hutter from Kraftwerk, uh, Nile Rogers I interviewed. Uh, wow. Yeah, Hook, MCA. Like, it was a great job. And then the whole publishing industry changed mm -hmm. with the advent of... Uh, you know, social media. Yeah. And, and they, you know, I wrote features for a living and then suddenly there weren't any more features, you know? It was rehashed the press release. And mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. And, all, and then I moved, my family moved uh, to Australia where I live now. And uh, it's the time for me to sort of uh, get a new plan. So uh, I came here and I, I fucking love Australia. When I was a kid, that was the other side of the planet for me, you know? It's an aspirational yeah. place to end up. It looked like paradise, right? Mm. I lived in Lewisham, you know, southeast London. Like, you know what I mean, right? So I was like, man, one day it'd be okay. nice to live somewhere with a fucking beach and, and the dog beaches are nicer than <laughs> human beaches in the UK. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it's the weather's great. And everyone's not miserable all the fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> so somehow I, from making fanzines in Shropshire. I now live in Perth and, uh, yeah, playing in a teenage fan club tribute band, which is strange for me. It's always no, sorry, Zach it, Zach, it makes me laugh, man. Like, sorry, <laughs> just to cut in, but like when we lived in Glasgow, the question we get all the time is, why the fuck do you live here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, Glasgow and London, I mean, they're the places to be when you're a kid and you want to make music and you want to, you know, I had lots of dreams, man. All I had were dreams at that age, you know, mm -hmm. I had no parents, so I was wild. Like, it was just me and my brother just casting one of like the most vibrant cities in the world. Of course, I'm going to go fucking nuts, man. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, sure. yeah, Back to yourself, then, Aiden. Obviously, staying in Glasgow. Mm. It's a bit wild. I don't understand why you were doing that because most of the people I know from Glasgow and surrounding areas, anybody with any sense is fucked off to Australia. But yeah, <laughs> you went well, the other way. Yeah, and, and this is the thing, right? Well, basically, there's not many options for you unless you've got like. Um, 
like visa wise and where you can go see in the world, right? If you've managed to save a little bit of money and you just want to get out and have a look, there there's actually quite quite strict controls. You can't really be anywhere for very long, right? You can mm-hmm. kind of be in in some countries, I mean you can generally be any place for about three months, but you can't really be anywhere for much longer than that, right? So uh-huh. your choice your choices are kind of you maybe can get to the States. You can probably go to Canada and you can definitely go to the UK because there's like heaps of backpackers going from Australia to the UK, right? Yeah. But we had a look at rent in London and we're like, fuck that, right? I was really fortunate that I'd been to the UK really briefly. Like the school I went to in Adelaide was awesome. Even though it was a state school and the fees were really cheap, we had a really, really great music education. And as part of that, some of the teachers organized like this tour that, you know, we sang in, I don't know, old people's homes and stuff in Adelaide and earned money to help us go over. And we sang in churches in Italy and we actually sang, went to Ely in England and a couple of other places. And it was like, so I'd been there once briefly. And I was like, okay, so I've seen a little bit. And, you know, for me, man, I come from a pretty basic background. And like for me to get to do that, I was like, wow, fuck. Like my parents have never been overseas, you know, to, to get to go to these amazing places and, you know, see, see the street hawkers in Rome and shit like that. I was like, wow, I've got to do that again. Cause you know, like I saw that when I was maybe 18 or something. And so life gets in the way, get in a lot of debt, get out of debt, think, man, I've got to go do something different and look at the options. And it's like, well, I've seen London, London's cool, but I was a massive Mogwai fan, like, and still am, right? Huge Mogwai fan. And looked at the music, like music is such a big part of life for me and was just looking at the music coming out of the UK. So it's very practical, right? So okay, where can I go? Well, I can go to the UK. Out of those cities, where does the music that, that, I, that I love come from? Well, it's Glasgow. All right, well, that's, you know, Glasgow's got a fucking awesome scene. Like, let's go live there, right? And, you know, look at the rent. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's manageable. And yeah. it's funny, man. Like, so we, we went on an, basically on an adventure to get out, to make a break from all the grind that I'd been through coming up to that point. It was a big moment of catharsis in my life. I kind of had a like a close friendship with a bandmate die over money almost went bankrupt it was really fucked and like mm. you know what uh, realized my girlfriend was still around so it's like you know what? we should get married because you're a solid solid lady so we got married and it's like let's get the fuck out of australia right mm-hmm. and and so and so yeah we we went to glasgow but my wife also plays music and so we um we just it's funny to think about it now man but like we got this crate fabricated in the port of adelaide when you say i was a very practical kind of get shit done kind of person and i had a big van because like i said i was installing tvs but it's always about music right mm-hmm. so i got this crate fabricated and like moved it around or got it shipped around to a fumigators and got it like treated all this dumb shit you do when you're a musician is like all right we're gonna put my drums and uh, like gonna put my drums in this crate a couple of guitars each got a head case made for my fender amp and we shipped all of our gear by boat 
to the fucking port. We didn't even have a house in Glasgow. We didn't know where we were going. It was just like courtesy of the freight forwarder. I can't. I, I, I vaguely remember. Um, I can't quite remember the name of the company that it wound up with. It's weird, man. It was a while ago now, and it just seems so random. I'm like. How did we even do that? But we like hired a van when we got there and went around and picked it up. <laughs> <laughs> my, you know? I, I should mention that uh, I, I stayed when I came back from England and I stayed in Asia because I, I fell in love with I, I totally forgot to tell you. So I met my wife and after 11 months, we're married. And it was a trip, you know, never been in love before really up to that point. And 23 years later, here we still are. And this is a woman that like allows me to keep like nine guitars in the house, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean, Aiden? Yeah, like. Yeah, man, I, I, I know. And so I think, um, <laughs> our, 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 so our choice to stay in Glasgow was because we're just, we just love music and we wanted to break in something different, right? Yeah. Obviously, we didn't move for the weather. I was in shock, man. I was just like, as, oh my as in- God. It's sunny two weeks of the year. You know what I mean? You uh-huh. see that. Like, yeah. I've never been more embarrassed for myself <laughs> than when I could see that the temperature was, I think it was 18 degrees, and I was sweating like a bastard. And I'm like, I, I know it's all relative, and I know I've spent all of winter getting smashed by Glasgow weather, and you know, like I don't go anywhere without a scarf and a leather jacket and leather gloves and all of that. And yes, I know I've gotten used to the cold. I'm good at this now. But 18 degrees is not warm. I'm Australian. <laughs> I put up with 40 fucking degrees. That's hot. 18 degrees is not hot. I do not. I do not sweat like it's summer at 18 degrees, you know, and, and but it's all relative, right? You, you, like I was, uh, I was feeling the heat at 18 degrees in Glasgow in summer. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh. so happy when you got a sunny day. Yeah, it's so it, it, yeah, I certainly don't miss the weather, man. But you know what, man? It's it's different, right? I reflect on it in a different way because the weather is so difficult, right? The music culture is more vibrant. It's passionate, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's, um, it's like a deep visceral connection. Like everybody's in, and that's why I just loved Glasgow, man. And if it wasn't for, you know, if it wasn't for visa, well, not difficulties, but just the way the international law is, if we could have stayed, we would have, but we would never be having this conversation now if we had. No. You know, it's so, uh, 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 yeah. Where, whereabouts were you in Glasgow? Where, wherever you stayed? Uh, we, we started off in Hillhead in this really shitty, like, um, downstairs unit at the end of Kersland Street. So it's like right. uh, near the corner of Great Western Road and Kersland Street. Uh-huh. And, um, Try to bump and into Bill Sebastian. Try to bump into one of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you got to understand, I'm just some idiot from some quiet town in in australia like i don't i don't know anybody like it's like <laughs> I, I look at at that time which would have been 2007 or something like that 2008 if i'd walked past alex Capranos, i would have known who he was right mm-hmm. uh but 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 for but for me 
uh, no, I wasn't really a big fan of Franz Ferdinand, but like for me, it was like I would have shit the bed if I'd run into Dominic or Stewart, you know, like because that 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 are the people that I thought were great from Mogwai. It's just like you know those those guys are those guys are music, you know. <laughs> I didn't even realize that you'd you'd been this close to 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 Scotland. Well, to be this close to be in Scotland when you came back. How did you end up back in Australia, and how did the uh, you saw me in the uh, it, it's, it, like so it's quite funny. I'll, 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 I've done a fair bit of talking now, but uh, if, if you want uh, the, the tourist experience to be reminded that you're an utter piece of shit when you're like out and traveling and you mean absolutely fuck all to anybody, like m- my wife, we were both doing admin jobs and it was kind of great, like really low low responsibility we didn't have kids we're just like working admin jobs and we we both played we played together um like we actually landed a spot playing as a local band on team the park and it was it was wicked right and then one day she gets fucking frog marched out of her job just like hey we don't really understand your visa we're not sure if you're really actually legally able to work you had pretty weird wording to it it was pretty ambiguous and they're like actually so um yeah sorry that's it and we're like oh shit Hmm. um well we haven't really seen that much we've done a fair bit of you know i think we went over to see primavera in barcelona and that kind of thing but we hadn't really done that much it was like okay well i I guess the adventure's kind of coming to a close (laughs) and um and because we thought, oh, shit, if this has happened with one person, it's probably going to happen again because the visa was worded so badly, right? And there's was like, okay, um, got a little bit of money. Um, but we've, I guess we better split. And so, like, we, we walked out of our... But by then, we'd moved to Calcadans. And um, I reckon it, it sounds so dramatic, but I'm pretty sure we walked out of our flat on the 1st of January 2009. <laughs> walked up... <laughs> You know, what walk, walked up the road with um with our cases as fucking freezing cold and you know, caught the subway to Queen Street and the Virgin train to London and took off around we, we caught a train around Europe to go see something before we went home. <laughs> and it was like like yeah, maybe maybe doing uh, you know, doing Marseille through Italy and you know, up around that in like the dead of fucking winter wasn't exactly the plan. <laughs> <laughs> but, but 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 it was but it was still cool and it was very very different to anything i'd grown up with right and so it was if the, if the whole experience was like go and i'd never seen snow in my life because you know, it didn't really snow that much in glasgow it's more, more just rained a fuckload um yeah. um but yeah and, and then i guess the the segue to how we got to now is that sitting in a friend's unit in berlin coming back we're like um i was just like i don't want to go back to some random shit like i don't want to wind up just putting tvs on a wall or selling drums or something like that like how the hell am i ever going to get to live back in glasgow right and and my wife and i had this chat we're like yeah the only way any the only way she and i would ever get to live in the northern hemisphere again is if one of us has like a a tertiary qualification some kind of uni education and i'd heard about this this is random man but it's true like i'd heard about 
groundwater and hydrogeology and I was just fascinated by it, right? And it's so different to anything I'd ever come across. And yeah, I just got on the internet and my friend's flat in Berlin looked up some uni degrees that had that in the title and applied for a number of university degrees on my way back to Australia because I just had to do something different and kind of needed a way to get back and um, got accepted to one because thankfully, even though I quit my uni degree because I didn't want to do it, I didn't throw my exams in my first year. Like I actually had a decent go at it. Mm -hmm. And I got off the plane in, I guess, mid-January and by March started studying environmental science. (laughs) <laughs> and felt like the most ignorant person on the planet. I was like, oh, my God, like, speak to me about drums and music, and that's fine, but, like, speak to me about the periodic table and, like, how evolution works and all of that. And so these days, fast forward, uh, whatever it is, I guess, yeah, over 10 years, but over 10 years, Mm -hmm. I'm now a qualified and practicing groundwater scientist and I'm over here in Perth because I, these days, um, I I work as a water resources kind of guy and I, I, I contribute to Perth's water supply. Right. Right. Uh, And, but I still, uh, you never stop playing music. Right. Mm -hmm. And I like in the process of trying to get playing again over here, uh, yeah, I just put out a random message on Facebook saying, oh, you know, I'm into Smog and Sparkle Horse and, you know, like this kind of singer-songwriter stuff, Elliot Smith, like that, that's what I kind of do. Is anyone out there doing that? And the only person that wrote back was Zach. <laughs> right? And he's like, hey, um, yeah, you're probably not going to meet a lot of people here that are into that. <laughs> 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 and, and so yeah, yeah and um and yeah that, then uh he and i played a show together after talking a bit and he's like ah oh, would you ever play in a cover band i'm like i've never thought of it and he was like i oh, would think we've been kind of bullshitting about doing a teenage fan club band for ages like would you be keen and i'm like oh yeah actually those songs are great like yeah that would That'd be great. And yeah, I guess the rest is history. Right. Well, that, I mean, that is funny. Like, the first time um, I heard Teenage Fan Club or I heard what a Teenage Fan Club song was in one of the local pubs and it was one of my pals covering it and he covers Teenage Fan Club all the time. But I I thought it was his own song for the first maybe... (laughs) The first maybe three months that I went to see him, I thought it was his own song. And there's a story in that, but I'm I'm getting him on the podcast in a few weeks, so I'll, I'll get him to tell. Don't blow it. I'll get him to tell the tale. But um, yeah, it's it's amazing how I've never seen Teenage, Teenage Fan Club live, but I love him to bits and all down to cover songs. And then I meet a covers band like yourself. So Zach. Then you want to take up the story for there and how they kind of the rest of the band get involved and yeah, I mean from a personal perspective, I, I told you about my love for Scottish music. It goes way back. I mean, you know, Orange Juice, the postcard stuff. To the uh, I loved Primal Scream as well. You know, I yeah, I, I used to read about 
Bobby Gillespie's club. You know, you had the Splash Club, uh-huh. and that club was a. Uh, it's quite quite a pioneering sort of indie disco night way before indie discos were even a thing, you know. And uh, I think McGee, Alan McGee, had a similar thing in London. So I was always on the periphery of that. I was aware of all the good shit coming out of Scotland. And for me, growing up, you know, anything coming out of Scotland, I, I did like Glasgow especially, I twig, you know. And and from that, I learned about Paul Quinn. Like Borgie, Borgie was one of my uh, really underrated Scottish band, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Friends Again, that was another one. And, uh, you know, I can't lie, I even like Delamitri, mate. That that first Delamitri record yeah. really weird. It was just that Scottish thing, that sort of melancholia. It'd be poppy, but there's an underlying sort of human element to it when, when Scottish bands played, you know. It's that indefinable thing that you didn't get with English bands. You know, mm-hmm. I spent five years in the UK and I lived in London and I can count the amount of great London bands on one hand, you know, as when I was there. All my, my favourite music came from further up north. But um, I think I'm getting a bit sidetracked here. Anyway, my love of Scottish music runs deep. So how did Star Sign come up? Like Our friend Barry... Well, you got in touch with me. Now, Barry and I have been Facebook friends for a while. Uh-huh. And uh, out of the blue, he propositions me with this teenage fan club thing. He's like, look, I've got a great name for a teenage fan club uh, tribute band. Star Sign. I'm like, well, that's a great fucking name. I can't believe no one's nicked that name before. And he's like, do you fancy trying to get a, a tribute band together? And Aiden would confirm this uh, in Perth that tribute bands get loads of gigs and it's a really popular thing here isn't it Aiden mm. yeah yeah so, um, yeah so uh where was that yeah so Barry Barry came to me with it and he's so I started thinking about the band and I just connected with Aiden on Facebook and it was fantastic I think we talked about Mogwai didn't we Aiden I uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, really, I, I took care of Mogwai. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you tell your Mogwai story, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I was artist liaison for Mogwai when they played in Kuala Lumpur. I was there, and I was the only guy in Kuala Lumpur that could understand Glaswegian. Right. So I got the gig of driving the band around for like three or four days, and we got on like a house on fire. So... Um, Anyway, so I, I, I meet, I talk to Aiden and he sends me a picture of his amp. And on, on the amp, there's the Young Team logo. Uh-huh. And I think I said, well, that's a Mogwai. You're into Mogwai, mate? And then, you know, after that, it was, we were fast friends. So when Barry mentioned that, uh, yeah, we're going to get this fan club band together. Somehow I thought, well, Aiden's, you know, you already told me you were a drummer, Aiden. So I was like, he can play guitar as well. If we could clone Aiden, right? We'd have a really, he could play drums and guitar. <laughs> and that was the plan, you know? But yeah, I, I knew Aiden had the chops to do the Raymond thing and and uh, the songs speak for themselves. And Aiden's a man of great musical tastes. So it didn't take long for him to come on board. And I think we really gelled in the practice room. That was the main thing when, when we first got together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was a chemistry, and you know, it was yeah, it's easy to play with these guys, man. They're they're like proper 
soulful musicians that listen to melody. We've not got a lot of ego in the band. Yeah. No, I, I mean, you just seem like you just seem like uh, really friendly guys, just kind of up for a laugh and a carry on. Um, well, Martin, we're all guys. We're all down the block and we've all been in loads of bands and we still make our own original music outside mm-hmm. of the band. But the main thing is that when we got together, there was just none of the, the bullshit that comes along with uh, starting up a new band with a bunch of strangers. Somehow with us, because maybe we're longer in the tooth now, it was just it was just cool, you know, we'd, we'd bring a six pack and we'd work. Like, I just quit smoking about three years ago, so I don't need to nip out the practice room every to sort of have a fag, right? So when we practice, we really, we really get into it. And uh, it, was, it was really fantastic. So mm-hmm. being forensic about some of the greatest songs ever written, like the fan club stuff, it was just, a really great way for us to become friends and sort of, uh, uh, yeah, expand our musical chops, you know. So. But that's that's what makes it easy, though, right? If you're, it's basically like, okay, well, let's put together a set of fan club songs. Oh yeah, that one's great. That one, yeah, that one's also amazing. That one's, yeah, that one's a fucking great song, right? And yeah. so, like, it's it's weird. Like, I've never ever wanted to play in a tribute or cover band i think it's a fucking awful thing to do with your time like why would you bother doing it right i just i just could would never picture myself doing it but for some reason it just doesn't really seem like that's what we're doing maybe i'm just deeply in denial about it but it's like yeah jasper wasn't it our drummer jasper he's 16 and aiden brought him to the fold and Jasper's a really naturally gifted musician, brilliant kid. I mean, this kid could get a tune out of like a piece of wood. And, and this kid had never heard the band club before, but like, you know, great. It's a testament to that band's songs that, are, you know, Aiden, you weren't that familiar with the fan club either. I think out of the fold, it was me that was the rabbit fan club fan. You know, Barry was a fan, but I'm the guy that went to see fan club with Neil Young. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I saw them, you know, I mean, I think I've seen them like 12, 13 times. It got to the point <laughs> yeah. where I, a bit, I was feeling a bit like a stalker, you know, like every time they came, I'd, be, I'd get like the fanboy thing going on. And I was like, man, it's fan. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, you know, what Aiden was saying about the covers band, I'd never contemplate being in a covers band um, until... I thought about, well, you know, what would it be like to play Everything Flows with like the fucking drums and like the big mouth? I think mm. it'd be great. I, I, I just thought I'd give it a go because these are the, nice people, right? So really that, the that songs was, are so, man, the songs are so fun, right? Yeah. And, and really when, you talk, when you talk about us appearing, uh, kind of coming off like um, easygoing kind of people just, you know, just up for a bit of fun, it's like you just... They're just such great songs, man, and like the and the songs are so they're, they're just about music, you know. It's mm-hmm. it's like each each one of those songs is just an exercise in trying to write a fucking awesome song. And like I, I guess, really, really, really big pop music is probably the same, but it's just it's not doesn't have the same soul. And it's like it's pretty easy, I think, if you can find people that 
think it's a good idea to get together and learn a bunch of songs off Bandwagon Ask and yeah. a bunch of songs off Grand Prix. Like, if each one of you independently thinks that's a good idea, man, you're going to get on. <laughs> exactly how it worked. There's a, there was a reverence to what we were doing. You know, everyone had a lot of sort of respect for this catalogue of songs and I think we sort of approached it. it is kind of funny because naturally we fell into the, the three singer songwriters thing without even mm -hmm. manifesting that at all it was just I think this one is really good for Barry to sing I think Zach this one would be you it was just natural that we never we we have never sort of sat down to sort of ruminate well who's going to be Jerry who's going to be Norman we just said, fuck it, you know, whoever sings this best sings it. And it just fell into place that way. Yeah. Really naturally, yeah. yeah so, cool. so there's no plans then for um, getting outfits and things like that and being like a, a kind of bootleg Beatles-esque teenage fan club. <laughs> do, 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 the, do, the, do the fan club even have an outfit that you could wear? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm sure you could um, source something you for your... You, know, you must I mean, have some clothes for your time back in Glasgow, Aiden. Oh, yeah, but I mean, like, just, it's 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 funny. But actually, if you're going to talk about authenticity, the good news is I already had Raymond's guitar, you know? Like, that's, <laughs> as it happened, it was like, yeah, you should do this band because you've already got a Fender Jag, right? It's like, yeah, okay, let's <laughs> check it out, <laughs> right? Uh, uh, and it's like, and you've already got all the, it's like, basically, you can wail like that, so maybe maybe you should do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then, and then he drum he drummed like a cross between Brendan and Paul and Paul, right? I was like, shit! Again, we got a clone Aiden. I've got to find a way to make two Aidens, yeah. and we can get him and, on. But, but, but then, this is this is this is where Jasper's amazing, man. Like he can it he, he, he comes in good. and he he plays in his own style, and it, but I guess. It, yeah, he's, he's just wonderful. And, and I think, in short, I don't see us trying to be Teenage Fan Club. We just love their songs. And, and uh, okay. <laughs> you yeah, know, because we, uh, we when it, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, with the band, I mean, you know, if you trace it back, you know, I, I saw a fan club covering Orange Juice and it made me so happy. It's like, oh, yeah, of course Norman would like the postcard stuff. And there's a lineage that runs through them, that runs through me, and now it runs through our band. Like, it, it, do you know what I mean? It, it, we never manufactured anything, and I think that speaks volumes. If it were something that we, we sat around a table and thought, well, you know, we're going to do this, and, you know, it's like a military operation trying to put all these pieces together to form this, then I, I don't think I would have had, I would have had so, as much fun as I'm having now, like, you know, with this band, yeah, it doesn't feel like we're we're in a covers band at all, right? It's, uh, it's yeah, it's, it's well, with it as is, it's four guys playing uh, songs that they love, and that, that that's exactly. kind of, when you boil it down, that's what it is. So I, think it, I, think it must I mean, be, when did all this come about? Then it's 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 pretty recent, isn't it? Yeah, 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 definitely. Like we had a first rehearsal three four months ago something like that mm -hmm. september it was i i just fit i had knee surgery I, I i fucked up my knee playing football so i just come out of surgery and this ah. is how 
This time I, I used to like, carry your amp everywhere. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. carried my amp for about two months. He picked me up from my house like a real trooper. He'd ferry me to band practice, lift my amp out of the van or the car. And then, yeah, so the first few practices, I was actually sat down like with my leg in a brace. But again, it was, I can't miss band practice. Like this shit is good, man. I'm, you know, it's fun and it's really invigorating and I love these guys. And, and I think, you know, as we, as we progressed and we, we got a gig, a gig's always a great way to really sort of coalesce everything, right? It gave us a purpose and a form and mm-hmm. something to work towards. And, and uh, I think the more we played, the more we thought, well, there's more to this than just the fan club thing. And, and now we're trying some originals, so it's great. But like, yeah, the fan club was the was the thing. It was the glue. Yeah, the, the, that that's the thing that's uh, bound you together, so to speak. Exactly. Yeah. So, because we're yeah, quite so... different as songwriters as well, you know. Like, just like the fan club, I see Aiden. I always used to tell him he was the Raymond, and his original songs have kind of like an angular feel to them. Not unlike Raymond's tunes on a on a uh, songs of Northern Britain. Mm-hmm. I've always been told I've got the Jerry thing. I even sound a bit like him when I sing. Well, my wife thinks so anyway. And I, I you know, I love the Grand Parsons and the Neil Youngs. That was that was what I listened like that country thing, Gene Clark. Mm-hmm. And it's weird that Jerry likes that stuff too. And and Barry's a pure pop kind of guy. His original songs are massive choruses. And in a different world, he could be the Norman. So we we had that sort of chemistry already in place, you know. No, which that's is amazing. It, it's, it's as if you were kind of meant to be <laughs> the Australian Teenage Fan Club. So, um, <laughs> so obviously, I mean, I, I only discovered you just after Christmas, your Facebook, and I, I seen all your, your videos of your kind of practices and things like that. That's, I thought they were amazing. And you, you do, you can see the dynamic. I think the way you have shot those videos, kind of, it captures it really well. Thank you, man. Obviously, oh, that's you, so it, that it, gig it, that you played, that was your first gig, was that? It was yeah. our first yeah, yeah. gig. Right. And, and i got to say, like, the way we practice, is a lot of it is down to, to, to Aiden, sort of chilling us together. I'm, I'm by nature a very lazy person, and I like to chill and, <laughs> And my favorite band practices are not real practices at all. And Aiden actually has taught me how to practice properly, you know? When I was a kid, it'd be two songs, three yeah. splits, another song, roll up another split, and so on and so forth. When I work with Aiden, it's not all business, but it is, you know, but in a nice kind of yeah, it doesn't feel like business, but we work. We don't stop for three hours straight, and that, that was new to me because uh, it's so true. It's just like I'm smiling, but don't fucking waste my time, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I knew I wanted these guys in the band, so I'm like, man, this is what it takes to play with this caliber of music. Then I'm gonna fucking do it. Right? So. No, it's 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 been really fun, and those videos were fun too. It's actually, it's been I've never done anything like that before, and it's I think maybe something that makes this project quite interesting is that where each of us 
trying things we haven't really done before you know like I've Barry has experience playing in tribute bands Zach and I don't really right uh, neither does Jasper Jasper's doing a lot of original stuff in other bands as well but then you know we start getting a set together and it's getting good and then I'm like you know what we should probably record ourselves playing you know I've got years of experience as a sound engineer like working in all sorts of studios I've got paired back gear now but you know I've still got that skill set we do that that'll tighten us up and then we start doing that it's like oh, actually why don't we throw some why don't we try and actually capture this on video and Jasper's like, oh yeah, yeah, I can, I can do something with that. And you can imagine us all old bastards going, oh, that, that sounds, that sounds cool, you know. Uh, and then, then yeah, we, we, I put the effort into capturing the sound, but it just helped us tighten up. And then we're looking at it, going, actually, we should share this. Like this is, this is fun, you know. And, and it's just, it's a really amazing thing. I'm trying to think about what other kinds of bands that this could happen for. And I think it really is unique in a way to the fan club and the kind of, you know, that, that line that's drawn kind of wouldn't even be the same with Lemonheads, right? It's, it's different. It just is, you know? And it's like, it's just a community around loving music, loving pop songs, loving, I mean, like, the thing about fan club is it's just this really lovely mix of brutally loud and gorgeously melodic, you know, and, and we just try and do that. And it's been, um, it's been really fun to capture it. I think the next thing we should do, and we've been talking about a little bit, but if we do something similar, it's got to not be a rehearsal room, (laughs) you know, We'll, 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 uh, we know we can kind of do it and make make it look nicer so that you know you yeah. can kind of think oh that's that's actually that actually looks nice as well you know no, I, I think i think the videos are cracking i mean that it just came up on my facebook and it drew me in right away and i watched all the videos one after the other Oh, thanks, man. So I don't that, think you need to worry so cool. about that aesthetically. I think it's uh, fine. Man, like seriously, that's so cool. Right? You, you got yeah. to try and... Yeah, you got to try and put yourself in the mindset of living in a faraway city on the edge of a faraway island. <laughs> and then like... <laughs> And, and like something you do just for the pure enjoyment of it. Uh, it's a testament, I guess, to what, uh, to how close we can be with all this technology, which is also kind of a bit of a poison at the same time. But it's it's the coolest thing, man. It's so cool to be able to share it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, cool. it's rare to meet a fan club fan that's not really clued up on music and and he's a bit of an asshole, you know. A lot of the fan club people that I've met, they've all been really sweet people. And I think that's the vibe the band put out with their songs. And they come from the heart. And the heart and soul is a big part of the fan club aesthetic. And that rubs off on the people that likes the fan club. And again, I, I've not met a fan club fan that's been a dick, you know. And the, I think that's really cool. And, when we put those videos up, I would, 
Yeah, I, I, I shared that, those videos and I was like, it'd be really cool if these people liked it because these, these are the people that really know their shit, right? I mean, that the fan club people, they know the birds, Gene Clark, Velvet Underground, right? And for them to sort of dig those, vid, those little videos that we made was just beyond, I mean, it really sort of validated what we were doing. Mm -hmm. that we were like, I think it well, sounds good. What has that been like? Have you had have you had a lot of engagement through your social media? For our standards, I would say yes, but you know, I've got low standards when it comes to engagement. You know, I'm like, if ten people like it, I'm happy. So, you know, <laughs> uh, it's, man, it's it's been crazy. Like thousands of you know thousands of views and just lots of comments. Like the, you got to think like for someone to stop and bother, you know. Yeah. Yeah. For someone to stop and bother writing to you, hey, that was that was sweet. Oh, I, I enjoyed watching that, you know. Great yeah. drummer. I think one of my favorites was like um next time you can show some of the drummer's head. <laughs> 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 because because we had poor, bored, poor, poor, bored, poor Jasper's bone, just the way it was set up, it just was like yeah. shooting the drum heads and his hands playing, but nothing of his actual face. And yeah. it's like, you know, when, when people bother to engage and kind of have a laugh, I think that it's, yeah. it's so good, man. And it's, I think that's also a big part of the fan club too. It's like, I, we saw them play uh, Sarah and I at this festival in Scotland called connect ages ago. And it was the first mm -hmm. time I'd ever heard someone say the word jobby and I had no idea what he meant. <laughs> <laughs> And, and it was and it was just like the, the humor of those guys is great and if i remember correctly it was like someone's just thrown a prune up on stage like i just sort of fly through the air and land at my feet and thought is that like a wee jobby or what's that <laughs> and i was just like you guys are great i don't know what you're talking about like i i, I heard every word that you just said and i don't know what it means <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good so, anyway so we should, we should we should move on what's next yeah so yeah. i mean you have squished half my my questions anyway there was a question any connection to scotland which of course of fucking tons of uh, connections <laughs> so we'll move on just what, what's the plan then going forward obviously you mentioned kind of about doing some of your own songs maybe as well, but what, what's the plans for, are you going to be putting more gigs? Yeah, I mean, it's, so I guess from, I would say that like everywhere, it's a weird time, right? So the, the, the branching into original stuff is mainly because, you know, we've learned a set of a whole lot of songs and, uh, from my perspective anyway, I kind of look at it and think, wow, like we've got a dynamic of guys that we can work together. It's really fun. It's really mellow. And it's particularly after we played our first show and it was good. And our, our, um, our dynamic as people was really lovely. Like we, we could find each other's spot without treading on each other's toes. And it's like, okay, although it wasn't necessarily the plan, there's no reason why we shouldn't do original songs. And also 
uh, we're still very early in the path of this project. And so the more gigs, the better, right? Mm-hmm. With Zach being a songwriter, myself being a songwriter, Barry being a songwriter, and Jasper also writing his own songs. Like it sh- In a way, it's like, well, it shouldn't be that hard to pull together a set of eight or nine songs that we like, and then we can either play as an original band or as the covers band. Whatever comes up, it means we'll be playing more, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and that's that's a, a cool thing, except for the fact that it's all a bit rickety with who's booking what and what's going on at the moment because we haven't really had a brutal outbreak in Perth and there's a lot of, um, so like the whole COVID thing, there's a lot of controversy about how Western Australia ma- is managing it and we've been lucky compared to other parts of Australia, but it is, it's a little bit of a twilight zone. You know, and so and so like is when it comes to what is the plan, it's like well I yeah, think we're just taking it. We, we, no, and it's and it's just like well we'll take it week by week. You know, this week we're working on one of Zach's songs and probably another one of Barry's, and that's what it's like. It's like well, okay, this week we're doing this. It's it's just sure love. Like we we do these things because we love getting together, right? I mean, personally, Wednesday night is the highlight of my you know, week, really. I mean, I, you know, like weekends are for family, but like midweek, I've got this beautiful thing that keeps me going through the working week where I get together and I, for like three to f- what, however long we play, it's all about music. It's about pure love of music. As far as star signs concerned, I mean, you know, as Aiden said, we're not really, we've never been in a covers band. I wouldn't know how to promote a covers band. I would say that, like, if anyone offered us a gig, we're the sort of geezers that would go, yeah, we'd play. Yeah, who, who's on the bill? Like, we're there, you know. I mean, we love to play, and that and that's not going to go away anytime soon, I think. Uh, yeah. So if we get offered a gig, we'll play. I mean, we have a few ideas of how uh, we could do the next star sign thing and, the, yeah, some new songs we could add, obviously. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I would love to see you at some point in the, the UK. It'd be nice to see you if uh, Aiden can get a return to Glasgow again. They can sort yeah, his visa. And how do cover bands get sort of? What do they get an agent and then get these gigs? I, I have no idea how to do that. We've always been an original bands, and mm-hmm. I know how to do that. Uh, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I gotta say, I would be so uncomfortable coming to play in Glasgow as teenage fan club. Yeah, I'd be really? like, what? I'd be like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? To, uh, uh, well, only only because like, anywhere else I wouldn't mind, but it's like uh, it's it's just like. Uh, it's, it's, I'd almost be expecting like one of them to pop up and be like, "Hey, what the fuck are you doing playing my songs?" <laughs> and to, to, to which I would be absolutely flattered. Like I, I'm, I'm sure that that's a, you know what I mean. It's just a weird thing when when you spend um, yeah you spend you spend your time finding your own voice and and um, and then you can. I think that's probably what's lovely about our band is that although we love the songs and we're playing these songs written by these really talented guys, but we don't ever really try to mimic them. You know, it's <laughs> kind of like, 
if you hear us, we sound rather Aussie, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and uh, I guess as far as tributes go, we're we're committed to the to the soul of the songs rather than uh, 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 like a, a faithful <laughs> replica yeah. of what's going on. I, I, it would that being said, man, honestly, if it was like someone will actually uh, make it work for us to come over. Of course we'd do it, but uh, yeah. I'll, I'll sort it, of, and I'll be a booting agent. I'll be a booting right, agent man. over here. Um, <laughs> I right, mean, man. like, talking about your your own songs, obviously, if you if you's guys are playing these teenage fan club songs all the time as a band, I'd imagine that some of your writing style must kind of be similar then to, to fan club, so... If you do your own songs, it's going to have the fan club element to it anyway. So there's going to be that influence there. Yeah, that's real. That's yeah. Zach. Do you mind if I do you mind if I cut in to start here? Go for it. You know, man, I think that's really interesting because when I started to really dig in to what Raymond plays on the guitar parts, right? He's never playing what Norman's playing ever. Or rarely, and, and and when he is, it's deliberate, right? And I was learning how to play some of his parts by watching him play and that kind of thing. And I was like, actually, I I'm realizing that the way he plays guitar, like him and Lou Barlow and Jason Lowenstein from Severo, they all have this kind of way of playing pop music where it's strange chord voicings and it's like actually this isn't that alien to how I play guitar anyway and that's when you realize mm -hmm. that, that, that that people like that have had this massive influence on your musical development that you wouldn't have necessarily been able to articulate beforehand right and so a lot of my writing it's funny I, I joked to Barry the other day that I've spent the last probably three, uh, probably four to five years. I've always had a real passion for aggressive uh, punk and metal. And um, like my, my favorite bands in that genre, like Hot Snakes and the Bronx and that kind of thing. And like I do a fair bit of screaming. In, like, um, that's where I'm at. And that's in a barrier. You know, like I've spent the last while, like, focusing on writing bangers right <laughs> you know like and and uh, that's not going to work in this band like that's that's not what this machine is for and and so it's been interesting um to uh to kind of work out how to yeah you know how to do it and it's it's um it's been good actually because it is dialing for me dialing back the aggression and then working more with the the color and the harmony because man when you've got two other people you can sing with you've got to do it yeah and that's uh, uh, yeah it's, it's been great yeah getting to add to that Zach, before um yeah i mean just to expand on what uh, um um Ethan was saying i mean you know getting deep into the songs like a lot of my role is playing bass in the song so i i i start to understand what the melodic thing that Jerry was bringing into the fold. I mean, not just as a songwriter, but like his bass playing was really economical. He never stepped on the guitar lines. And, and that's just 
pure that's just so fan club right there, there was a lack of ego in the way those four guys communicated through their instruments and 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 that reflects the way they are as people i think and and it reflects the way we are as people you know it's this is the first band that i've been in where the sort of jousting for pole position that's so prevalent in a lot of bands that just doesn't happen in this band because naturally everyone just wants to work for the common goal which is to make yeah the song the best it can be and it is really refreshing and yeah it, it, it's cool and that, and that's very fan club if you if you listen to all their that their catalog mm-hmm. you know it, it's all about the sort of the cohesive whole Raymond wrote the tune it doesn't matter if Jerry wrote the tune or Norman even Brendan you know he had a couple of tunes right mm-hmm. uh, I think Bam Reckon is some of the rock and, and you know it was it was just yeah four mates working together as a team to make this music and that's how we are which is great yeah so that's a, that's us when we've covered quite a lot Obviously, the, the last bit of the podcast is it's got time for heroes, and I ask you to pick um, what it says four heroes to come for dinner. It can be as many heroes as you want, really. Okay. Um, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go for this. So, I'm going to throw a dinner party and I'm going to invite Bowie. I'm going to get in together with Lou Reed because Dave and Lou, as you know, I'm going to invite Tony Wilson as well. And to hang out with Tony, I'm going to invite his mate, Mark Key Smith. I think they'll they'll add the Mancunian thing. Mm-hmm. And just to throw it into the mix, like I'm going to throw Levon Helm in there because Levon's got the history of rock and roll and he's from the deep south and he's going to, he's going to charm David Bowie and he's going to irritate Lou. And then Paul Oakenfold's going to DJ and then catering. I'm going to order pizza because I want to get drunk with the guys, you know, I don't want to be fucking around in the kitchen. So yeah, that's my. Yeah. yeah, I thought about that one. That was a good question. Like the whole day at work, I'm like, who the fuck would I invite? I want to invite Brian Clough, but he's a bit of an arsehole. Brian Clough. Yeah, man, I love. I, I was a bit of a Forest. I support Everton, but as right. a kid, I loved. I love Forest the kid, and Brian Clough was cool, but I think it irritate Lou Reed. And they're getting to a fight. So yeah, I'd keep it keep it chilled. Right. <laughs> Cluffy's staying in the house that night. You like Cluffy? <laughs> what was the lecture, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you know what? I, the last few weeks on the podcast, I've had some that uh, there have been a few footballers picked. We've had Maradona and we've had Cantona and now we've had Brian Clough. So we've had some good um yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of a footballer, but you know, all my all my favorite footballers are still alive. I thought I'd make this one like as a res- resurrection party. Fucking night of the living dead. <laughs> yeah, and I'd be there like serving takeaway pizza, finger foods. You woke me up for this, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Each of them is really pissed because you only offered them pizza. Like, (laughs) 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 oh man, like 
this almost gave me like an anxiety dream. Like, <laughs> it's funny, man, because I don't know. Like, I, I have thought about it, of course, and I do have an answer, but I was like profoundly uncomfortable with this whole thing because, like, I, I don't usually, I don't usually think about people who I keep on a pedestal or something like that but I was like come on you got to have an answer and so I thought about it and I've stuck with music because it's and I was thinking about like the whole dinner party thing you got to think about actually wanting to speak to people right and like you know what what what, you know what what kind of a you know what kind of an actual event are you gonna have speaking to these people it's very different to be like what you do with your art and your music, I think is fucking incredible. And that is very different to like, hey, let's actually have a decent night out. You got to pair them up. I paired Tony Wilson yeah, and Martin. Yeah, and then exactly. And but, David, and then they'd be together, you see. Uh, but, but, uh, but, okay. So the, the thing is that in a way, I have already had a meal with one of my heroes in a way that I've, never ever anticipated and so i was kind of started there and like i'd probably have i'd definitely have a meal with him again so um bob weston from shellac is a fucking dude and um he mastered some music for us um and the one time we visited the states we made a, a point of visiting chicago and you know, just hit him up and see if we could catch up with him and see his mastering studio. And by the by, he was like, oh, what are you doing tomorrow? I'm not doing anything. And I went and had breakfast with him and he's a dude. So definitely we'll put Bob Weston from Shellac in the mix because he is an absolute, he's a fucking legend, right? He's funny and knowledgeable. He's, he's, he's a dude. Um, and again, if we're talking about personalities that would probably clash, I don't know. I probably, I'm in two minds about this, but the drummer that made me want to play drums and I learned all of his beats back to front like a fucking disciple is, of course, Dave Grohl, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's like you see footage of Dave Grohl and you're like, yeah, I don't know. Like he's, he's a, you know, he's, who's, who's kind of guy is he really? Like, I don't know, but, 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 he'd, but he'd, he'd probably be fun. Right. Well, I, I find Dave Grohl a bit I, I he hang out there. Yeah. yeah. He's 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 a he's a fun guy, and I, I reckon he's a great storyteller. Right now, one of the most entertaining and soulful people I've ever seen in the flesh is Jeff Tweedy from Wilco. Right. Mm-hmm. He's he's just a fucking understated funny guy but really deep as well right and for me the way i saw him once talking i think it's on one of his uh i can't remember if it's on his dvd like sunken treasure or if it's on the movie they did but when he's like you know when you're on stage like what you're doing as a musician is like you're giving time to the people who are there right you know like you're giving these i'm paraphrasing but you know it's basically like you're giving people an opportunity to be part of something. You're in service to your audience. That's what you're doing. And I was like, oh man, like that is, that is actually, that's right. You know, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like, you can see all this bullshit about it being, you know, about you and it's your personal fucking I'm a rock star bullshit. And it's like, and when, when he articulated that, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's correct. Right. 
mm-hmm. it's, that's what it's about right and so him for sure and and i guess um after learning all of his licks and loving his songs man i'd have to have i have to have ray mcginley along man like I, I, like uh, he's he just i love what he does and he looks like um you know i'm i'm not really into uh i'm not a a deeply knowledgeable person of any one of these people you know like i'm like that they are wonderful artists doing what they're doing and i don't think about them much beyond that but i reckon it would be really interesting to throw ray in there as well man like he's just he's he's just again i think i'm saying maybe apart from dave Grohl, but i'm saying it's like is the understated, very interesting kind of people. You just know shit's going to... It's going to be... Yeah. Pardon me? It'd be the quiet one, mixing the killer drinks. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and food-wise... Yeah, sure. Man, food-wise, I've, I've got to say, I'm, I'm kind of... I'm kind <laughs> of in Zach's boat of copping out on this one because, like, I can cook, but, I, like, just having massive anxiety but what would i cook my heroes i'm not gonna cook man i'm gonna yeah yeah yeah, 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 don't, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't stress yourself out too much because i mean you're already going to be stressed about having having ray there and uh, he's <laughs> yeah, exactly going to to, he's going to want you to play guitar he's going to want to hear you play some of his songs <laughs> so, exactly and you know what man and I that, would milk that that's I would, just I would milk up. that sorry <laughs> I said I would milk that for every minute I'd be like now I reckon I've got about 80% of this <laughs> fill me in man fill me in like I'm about right I'm about right but I, I, I know what, one of my fingers is in the wrong spot like Let's let's sort this out, man. Like, put me out of my misery. <laughs> in, a, in a good way to round it up. That that's what makes Star Sign cool. We we've got about eighty percent of the song down pat. Twenty percent is just us, right? Me being the fan club, like fucking groupie, Aiden with his wealth of music, pop Barry with his pop sensibility, and Jasper with his youthful exuberance. That twenty percent is what we bring in. And I think it's a great, it's a great mix, man. Right? We we paper over those cracks pretty well. Brilliant. That's that's a brilliant way to end this interview. You paper over the cracks. Well, <laughs> well. <laughs> that's what we do. We're painters and decorators, and, <sighs> and we're thanks so much for having us. Man. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much you. for having us. I hope you all enjoyed this episode of Time for Heroes podcast. If you would like to get in touch, the best way is on the Facebook page, Time for Heroes podcast, or on Instagram at Time for Heroes podcast, or Twitter at Time for Heroes P1, or drop me an email at Time for Heroes pod at gmail.com You'll find Time for Heroes on all podcast platforms including Spotify, Apple, Google and Amazon. Please leave a review where you can. Share with others and more importantly, enjoy. Enjoy.